ನಮ ಓಂ ವಿಷ್ಣುಪಾದಾಯ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಪ್ರೇಷ್ಠಾಯ ಭೂತಲೆ ಶ್ರೀಮತೆ ಭಕ್ತಿವೇದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿನಿತಿ ನಾಮಿನಿ ನಮಸ್ತೆ ಸಾರಸ್ವತಿ ದೇವೇ ಗೌರವಾಣಿ ಪ್ರಚಾರಣೆ ನಿರ್ವಿಶೇಷ ಶೂನ್ಯವಾದಿ ಪಾಶ್ಚಾತ್ಯ ದೇಶಧಾರಣೆ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ವೆಲ್ಕಮ್ ಆಲ್ ಆಫ್ ಯು ಫಾರ್ ಟು ಡೇಸ್ ಡಿಸ್ಕಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಾಗವತಂ ಮೈ ಆನೆಸ್ಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಸಿನ್ಸಿಯರ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹಮ್ಲೆಸ್ಟ್ ಅಪಾಲಜೀಸ್ ಫಾರ್ ಬೀಂಗ್ ಲೇಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಮೇಕಿಂಗ್ ಯು ಆಲ್ ವೇಟ್ ಸೊ ವಿ ವಿ ಆರ್ ರೀಡಿಂಗ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಕ್ಯಾಂಟೋ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಸೆವೆನ್ ವರ್ಸ್ ನಂಬರ್ ಟ್ವೆಂಟಿ ಟು ಪರೆಭ್ಯೋ ವರಪರಾಭವ ಪ್ರಕ್ಷಿಣೆಭ್ಯ ಸ್ವೈರಿಭ್ಯ ಸಮೃದ್ಧಾಂಚುರಾಯಸೀತ್ ಪರೆಭ್ಯೋ ವಹ ಪರಾಭವ ಪ್ರಕ್ಷಿಣೆಭ್ಯ ಸ್ವೈರಿಭ್ಯ ಸಮೃದ್ಧಾಂಚುರಾಯಸೀತ್ ಪರೆಭ್ಯೋ ವಹ ಪರಾಭವ ಪ್ರಕ್ಷಿಣೆಭ್ಯ ಸ್ವೈರಿಭ್ಯ ಸಮೃದ್ಧಾಂಚುರಾಯಸೀತ್ ಪರೆಭ್ಯೋ ವರ್ ಪರಾಭವ ಪ್ರಕ್ಷಿಣೆಭ್ಯ ಸ್ವೈರಿಭ್ಯ ಸಮೃದ್ಧಾಂಚುರಾ word to word translation tasya that ayam this anayasya of your ungrateful activity asit was parebhyah by others vah of all of you parabhavah the defeat prakshinebhyah although they were weak ಸ್ವೈರಿಭ್ಯಃ ಬೈ ಯೋರ್ ಓನ್ ಎನಿಮೀಸ್ ಹೂ ಆರ್ ಪ್ರೀವಿಯಸ್ಲಿ ಡಿಫೀಟೆಡ್ ಬೈ ಯು ಸಮೃದ್ಧಾಂಗ್ ಆರ್ ಸೆಲ್ಸ್ ವೆರಿ ಆಪ್ಯುಲೆಂಟ್ ಬೀಂಗ್ ಯೋರ್ ಸೆಲ್ಸ್ ವೆರಿ ಆಪ್ಯುಲೆಂಟ್ ಸಾರಿ ಚ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಯತ್ ವಿಚ್ ಸುರಾಹ ಓ ಡೆಮಿ ಗಾಡ್ಸ್ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಪರ್ಪೋರ್ಟ್ ಬೈ ಹಿಸ್ ಡಿವೈನ್ ಗ್ರೇಸ್ ಶಿಲ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾತ್ ಶಿಲ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾತ್ ಕೀ ಜಾಯ್ because of your misbehavior towards brihaspati you have been defeated by the demons my dear demigods since the demons were weak having been defeated by you several times how else could you who were so advanced in opulence be defeated by them the devas purport the devas are celebrated for fighting with the asuras perpetually in such fights the asuras were always defeated but this time the demigods were defeated why the reason as stated here was that they had offended their spiritual master their impudent disrespect of their spiritual master was the cause of their defeat by the demons as stated in the shastras 
when one disrespects a respectable superior, one loses his longevity and the results of his pious activities. And in this way, one is degraded. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaiva Narotamam Devim Saraswatim Vyasam Tato Jayamudhiraye Nashta Prayeshu Abhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Ruttamashloke Bhaktir Bhavati Naishtiki Krishnaya Vasudevaya Devaki Nandanayacha Nanda Gopakumaraya Govindaya Namo Namaha Om Agnana Timirandhasya Gnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamahiyam Dadati Svapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yuta Padakamalam Shri Guru Vaishna Vamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatanvitam Tam Sajeevam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakham Vitamscha हे कृष्ण करुणा सिंधो दीन बंधो जगतपते गोपेश गोपिका कांता राधा कांता नमोस्तुते तप्त कांचन गौरांगी राधे ब्रिंदावनेश्वरी रिशभानु सुते देवी प्रणमामी हरी प्रिये वांचा कल्पतरुभ्यस्चा कृपा सिंधुभ्येवचा पतितानाम पावने भ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नमः जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्या प्रभु नित्यानंदा श्री अद्वैता गदाधरा श्रीवासादिगौर भक्तवृंदा हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 
कृष्णा कृष्णा हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे यम प्रव्रजतम अनुपेतमुपेतकृत्यम द्वैपायन विरह कातर आजुहावा पुत्रे तन्मयतया तरवोभिनेदू स्थम सर्वूत हृदय मुनिमानस्मी हरे कृष्ण सो वेलकम ऑल ऑफ यू फॉर टूडेज डिस्कशन ऑफ भागवतम एंड आई सीक एवरी वन ब्लेसिंग्स फॉर दसेंबल फ्रॉम दि असेंबल वैष्णवस and i speak for my own purification this chapter we are discussing this chapter about indradev offending brihaspati now this is a part of the sixth canto which is called as prescribed duties for mankind and every time such chapters come um, as sadhakas it is nice to meditate upon why the bhagavata purana is trying to tell these episodes and how is it applicable to me as a sadhaka as a as a seeker how is it applicable to me because the entire purport of the vedas can only be understood if one studies the itihasas and the purana itihasa in the sense the pancharatra the ramayana and mahabharata and puranas is the 18 puranas and among them the topmost shrimad bhagavatam so the the purport of the vedic shastras has to be understood using the puranas and especially the shrimad bhagavatam now in this in this episode which is going on we are seeing that indradev has offended his spiritual master in fact all the devata has has offended have offended their spiritual master brihaspati and uh, brihaspati also is a devotee of the lord right so that is also and sura means devotees actually sura or devatas are devotees of the lord they are vaishnavas so um we will see why this purana why bhagavatam or vyasadev is trying to tell these episodes for us and how is it applicable to us now before we study this a little bit let us take a step back and understand lord's energies various energies of the lords as we know how many energies does the lord have broad classification sorry two energies right antaranga shakti and bahiranga shakti the external energy and the internal potency of the lord huh? so this entire material world that we see the manifest world is a manifestation of what energy the bahiranga shakti of the lord the external energy of the lord and the internal energy is use lord is using it for what for his eternal abode which is vaikuntha which is goloka dham and the internal potency has three more energies what is there alhadini samvit and sa sandhini shaktis that the lord uses for his pleasure these energies he uses for his pleasure in the eternal dham as you can see in this photograph krishna is walking with the cows so he is using his three energies there which is which is always active eternally but the bahiranga shakti also has three energies what are they the three modes of material nature so this is how the creation starts so in the beginning of the creation um the lord uses these three energies to uh, it's almost like a paint brush there are three colors and the painter uses the mixture of three colors to paint this world so this material world is a combination of these three material modes everything everything every, whether it's living being or non living being which is a uh, you know a dead matter they're all composed of these three elements which is three modes of material nature and based on the predominant mode the characteristics of that particular element is manifest for example even in material elements like earth you know mud mud is in the mode of 
What mode is it in? Ignorance, because it falls down, it's heavy. Water is in the mode of? It, it always moves everywhere. So it is chanchala, it is mode of passion. And what is in mode of goodness? Agni, fire, because it always has a tendency to go up. No matter where you put the Agni, the Agni always goes up. So the, so the Shastras classify even non-living beings. So what to talk of jivas like us, living beings like us. So we are also conditioned by these three modes. So that is why the Shastras classified especially the living beings as a separate so social classification called as Varna and Ashrama. We all know Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya and Shudra. These are natural classifications of the tendencies and proclivities of the jiva. It has nothing to do with birth. Nobody is a Brahmana or a Kshatriya or a Shudra by birth. One's nature, based on one's nature, we are classified. And we see this classification even in our corporate atmosphere today. You have managers, you have admin staff, you have someone who runs the business, you have someone who does sales, you have some employees who run the business, who work in the business. So there, are, there is a natural classification. But this classification is actually more of psychophysical in nature. It's not material in nature. Varnashrama is, is more about how one's tendencies are. In these classifications, the, the people who are predominantly in mode of goodness, they are called as Brahmanas. Make sense? So that is why Brahma Janati Iti Brahmana. Brahmana means one who has understood the purport of the Shastras that, that the ultimate object of worship that all Shastras are saying is to worship Hari. Hari Sarvatra Giyate. All Shastras are asking us to worship Hari only, Krishna only. So therefore, Brahmanas are those who have understood this perfectly. Therefore, uh, and how they have understood this? Because they are always establishing themselves in the mode of goodness. So that is why they are Brahmanas. And the rest of the Varnas, Kshatriyas, uh, Vaishyas and Shudras, they have to be always under the instruction or guidance of the Brahmanas. Now this is how a hierarchical society had been established. Hierarchy is always there. We always talk about equality, but where is there equality? We all have to vote. We have to go and vote. Now federal elections are coming up. You have to elect a prime minister. You have to elect a president. And they rule us. And there are rules that, that govern us. Right? So there's always hierarchy in the society. You have to work for your boss. The boss works for the CEO. The CEO works for the company. You see, there's hierarchy. It's natural. So this system of hierarchy was established by the Shastra so that everybody follows Brahmanas. Brahmanas means perfect Brahmanas, those who walk the talk, who are in acharan. Acharan means who are practicing what they preach. Um, so, uh, and we know Krishna also mentions about uh, 12 qualities of such Brahmanas. Samo damo tapas chaiva kshaucham shanti rajavam evacha jnanam vijnanam astikyam brahma karma swabhavajam. So, he's, Krishna discusses Brahmanas qualities in details. So, such a Brahmana might take his position to guide the other three Varanas. Now think about it. To learn anything, we need a teacher. If you want to go to school, you need a teacher. If you want to learn an instrument, you need a teacher. You, you want to learn anything, you need a teacher. At least you need a book written by someone to read and understand it, isn't it? So teacher is imperative. Whether it is karma, jnana, whatever our desires are, in the same way, in the Shastras, if somebody wanted a son, if somebody wanted a well-being, we, 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 we invite whom? We invite a priest. We invite a Brahmana to do the activities. So this system was always there. Huh? Now, we will take one step 
a bhavana. Brahmana on a mundane level will come and help sometimes to do some karma, some jnana, he might come and teach us some shastras, he might come and do shraddha karma or jata karma and things like that. But on top of that, the definition that Bhagavatam gives, a Brahmana means whom? A Brahmana means who actually stops one's repeated birth and death. That is the ultimate wealth. That is the ultimate wealth a Brahmana can bestow, actually. A Brahmana can come and do Jata Karma. He might be very happy, will do birthday celebration and then he'll come and do some Yagna. That is also there, but the ultimate position, now you'll see, when Gangeshwar Prabhu is invited to a birthday ceremony, he also reads Bhagavad Gita. So he doesn't do mundane karma just like that, but he makes, makes sure that it is a devotional activity. Hmm? That is the true definition of Brahmana and that is the whole purpose of this hierarchy, of why this Brahmana is there and what is his purpose. Hmm? Now, now let us move from a def general definition of Brahmana to the real definition of Brahmana who is actually a Vaishnava. Vaishnava means one who guides us to Vishnu. One who takes us to Vishnu, a guru or a brahmana is one who guides us to Vishnu. Now, uh, this is as far as the shastras are concerned, how the classification is there in the society and etc. Now, you, now, I'll just want you to think about teachers. Teacher means one who can guide us and take us away from repeated birth and death. Material world is a school. We've all come to this material world. We've all taken birth in this material world. And the purpose, the real purpose of a teacher or a brahmana or a guru is to take you out of the school successfully. When you go into a school, what is the purpose of it? The whole purpose we go to a school is to remain in the school or to get out of the school? Get out of the school, to pass well and come out of the school successfully, isn't it? So the whole purpose of we going into the material world is not to stay in the material world, but to pass from the material world and get out. That is the whole purpose of a teacher. And that is what the Shastras have ordained. So therefore, a guru will take us out. Okay, now you've become successful in your material world. Do your karmas, do your jnana bhakti properly and get out of this material world. But if you think about today's education system, when teachers are teaching us subjects, mundane subjects, whatever, you know, physics, mathematics, biology, sciences, and whatever they teach, how is it classified these days? Especially from where I come from, the country where I come from, most of the teachers in the colleges and schools are those who did not find good jobs. So they end up becoming teachers. Is it not? At least from where I come, that is what happens. Because uh, they didn't get a corporate job. Finally, kya ho jata hai? they end up becoming a professor or a lecturer in some college. And they are not happy with that job because salary is less because they're working for a salary. But Shastra says Brahmanas don't work for a salary at all. Jnana is not given for money. The moment he is giving knowledge for money, Vetan, he is not a guru, he is not a teacher, he is a servant actually. So this is what the Shastras say. Therefore, in traditional system, Brahmanas never accepted fees. He, they only accepted Danam. Danam means what? Donation. If, if they give, if they get donation, they live. It's not that today also there is a system in, in Indian schools. Before you put your child to the school, they will say, uh, donation, madam, please, five lakh rupees. They'll, they'll say, we need five lakh, they, they'll ask the donation, how much donation you need to give. So, dakshina means not that donation, that's not donation, that is extortion. <laughs> but they'll say, you need to give donation of five lakh rupees, uh, or ten lakh rupees. And especially if you're doing medicals, it's, my God, it goes into crores now. Now, think about the doctors under whom we have to take treatment. Uh, this person wants to do medical because he wants to earn, not because he wants to treat. 
So therefore, the whole society will become uh, handicapped because of the whole educational system. Uh, that was the Vedic educational system. But in modern educational system, this is the problem. But interestingly, there is a country even today where teachers are the highest paid in the whole country. You know which country is that? Finland. Finland pay, uh, teachers must be PhD, even school teachers, and they are the highest paid among all types of employees, among all types of workers. And that is the respect they have for teachers because they say teachers are the one who shape the society. So, so importance has been given to teachers. Huh? So, Australia also should learn something about it. And why the system is there? Because, as, as we were saying, this material world is composed of three material energies, which is Rajas, Tamas and Sattva. That means we are conditioned by nature. Is it not? We are conditioned by nature. How do we, how do we get knowledge? How do we get knowledge? We are all conditioned. How do we get knowledge? Sorry? Okay, but what's the means? Correct. The means is the five senses. They are called as Jnanendriyas. The Shastra says knowledge acquiring senses. Sense of touch, sense of smell, sense of hearing. So we hear, we see. Isn't it? When you go to a school, the teacher writes on the board. So you are seeing and you are hearing the teacher. These are the two predominant senses that work. Is it not? But these senses are defective already because it's material. Is it not? Because if, if they were all perfect, then all students in the class are hearing the same lessons, but they are taking different grades. Why so? Then you will say, Prabhuji, that intelligence levels are different. That means there are diversification in the student. That means it's not perfect. If it was perfect, then everybody should be on the same level. So therefore, these senses are imperfect. Any knowledge that we get from these senses, are always there will always be some limitation to them. So therefore, Brahmana's duty is to elevate the disciple and give him what he cannot take. For example, I am not eligible to get something that is beyond my reach. So my guru's responsibility is to give it to me. Not by my own might, but by the mercy. We sing early in the morning, Yasya Prasadat Bhagavat Prasado Yasya Prasadanagati Kutopi. So, Guru gives us the mercy. So, therefore, the, the problem with conditioned jivas is especially why we need Brahmanas, because Brahmanas are mode, in, mode of goodness, and anything that they give will also be in mode of goodness. Because anyone else, whether it's Kshatriya, whether it's Shudra, whether it's Vaishya, they have mixed modes. Of course, Brahmana also is mixed most of the times, but he is predominantly mode of goodness. So therefore, the moment mode of passion increases, defects start creeping in. You are getting my point? Somebody who is very passionate, what will he do? He will do mistakes. Hmm? So therefore, Kshatriyas are prone to make mistakes. So therefore, they should always be under the guidance of Brahmanas. And in this case, Indra is whom? Indra is the king. So he's, he's a Kshatriya, he's playing the role of a Kshatriya. And Brihaspati is a Brahmana. So general, uh, the Shastras, tenet of the Shastras is Indra must always be guided under the jurisdiction or under the guidance of Brihaspati or the Brahmana or the Guru. Huh? But in this case, he did Guru Avahelna, means he disrespected his spiritual master. Because of, in the previous verse yesterday, Anirudh Prabhu was saying, Prabhupada writes, familiarity breeds contempt. Now, one may think, how does this familiarity breeds contempt come in? 
how does one disrespect his guru i remember when i was in school when the teacher used to come we used to stand up we used to say welcome teacher good morning teacher and welcome teacher and she used to say please sit down and then we used to sit down and she used to go out we used to stand again and i don't know if that is followed in today's schools do you do this in the schools today uh, this the, the students are sitting and the teacher comes in so these are subtle etiquettes actually the reason is it is said in the shastras if we do not respect elders elders doesn't only mean brahmanas elder means even somebody who is vriddha vriddha means vriddha doesn't mean old vriddha means who is matured who is uh, senior to us in age in knowledge it can be someone who is younger to me but mature beyond my uh, my knowledge he is mature more mature than me in terms of knowledge the idea is if we do not pay respects respect means to pay obeisances or at least to stand you see what happens kshine that is why if you read this verse now pra kshine bhya you see kshine means ghatna reduce hona so our our auspiciousness gets reduced that is why shastras ordain that when you see some elders pay obeisances to their feet this was this is there in the culture when you see elders your father parents or uncle who's elder to us you take pay, uh, take obeisances from the pay obeisances them to the, from them take blessings from them when you see brahmanas vaishyas when you see a sanyasi you should pay obeisances when you see a spiritual master you should pay obeisances if you don't actually it is not auspicious for only us only they are not asking for it they don't need it but it is good for us if we sit and receive them uh it is said that our auspiciousness becomes kshine they get, they get reduced or it is removed our auspiciousness auspiciousness for indra how was it removed he lost all his wealth and they were defeated by the asuras right but sometimes in the material world auspiciousness can be removed by giving wealth also you have to understand that somebody who can become too wealthy that means he has got inauspiciousness in his life so you have to be under, we have to be careful just because somebody becomes too wealthy doesn't mean he's become too auspicious inauspiciousness can also come if somebody is becoming too wealthy janmaishwarya shrita shibhir edamana madah puman kunti devi says janma aishwarya somebody who thinks who is too wealthy uh, that can be an impediment for him to come to hari in this case indradev now one may ask why is story of indra coming here now why does it put indra story here because indra is the pinnacle of wealth he is the owner of the wealth of the th- all the three worlds actually nobody can be as wealthy as indra in this three worlds what to talk of only earthly planet nobody can be even kubera works under indra so he is the king of the three worlds he is so rich he is so rich and even he disrespected his spiritual master so what to talk of us so therefore it is very important that's why bhagavatam brings in these characters to teach us that wealth or opulence wealth doesn't only mean material wealth eh? it doesn't mean only lakshmi it doesn't mean only rupees or dollars wealth could be anything it could be fame it could be uh, abhiman due to knowledge i'm very knowledgeable therefore i i tend to disrespect so anything that sits into our head and becomes um, puffed up because of that it could be anything because of our talent skills wealth whatever that can bring us down janma aishwarya shrita shribhir any of these three can bring us down and bring us inauspiciousness or can make us content you see familiarity breeds content why did hap- why this happened because indra deva was puffed up because of his wealth because of that he went into mode of passion when he went into mode of passion 
he fell down. So that is why we should always be under the guidance of someone who is in the mode of goodness. So that is why this episode comes here. And Brihaspati is always in the mode of goodness. So therefore, he is the teacher of the devatas. But beautiful in the story, uh, uh, what is the beautiful episode that is happening here? Those who are devotees or well-natured people, we are conditioned jivas, we agree. We will fall down, we make mistakes. But those who are good in nature, they learn from their mistakes. They quickly correct themselves. Oh my God, I did a mistake. I shouldn't have done this. I'm, my sincere apologies. They, they are repentant at heart. Uh, repentant heart is very important. And that is what is happening here. Now they have approached Brahmadev. They are repenting. My apolo our apologies, we disrespected Brihaspati. So therefore, please help us. Please save us. And if you see, the whole episode is paving the way for a very important Kavacham that is coming up in the next chapter, Narayana Kavacham. That had to come out, that had to manifest in Srimad Bhagavatam. And therefore, that is why Indradev is just an, uh, uh, a character in, in all of these episodes for that, so that Narayana Kavacham can come out for all of benefit of all of us. So, now if you take this example and apply uh, in our Guru Parampara, we are from which Parampara? Madhva Gaudiya Parampara. Uh, what does Guru, now we have said, understood Guru comes to deliver us and everything, but what does Guru come to give us in our parampara? We just sang the mantra in the Guru Puja. We do Guru Puja every day. Shri Guru Charana Padma Kevala Bhakati Sadma Bandho Mui Savadhana Mate um, I had never understood that paragraph's meaning till date, actually, unless I was preparing for this. I did not know the meaning of Sadma. <laughs> Shri Guru Charana Padma Kevala Bhakati Sadma. You know what is the meaning of Sadma? What is the meaning of Sadma? Yeah, that is in Hindi. But in Bengali, Sadma means an abode, a reservoir. Kevala Bhakati Sadma. He is a reservoir of Bhakti. Huh? Uh, what is the reservoir of Bhakti? Shri Guru Charana Padma. We also sing this in Hanuman Chalisa. Shri Guru Charana Saroja Raja. What is Saroja Raja? Saroja means what? Lotus. Saro, Sarovara means lake. Ja means one born out of a lake. Saro, Sarovara. Sarovara means what? Lake. Ja means to take Janma. Janma means Ja. Ja is the uh, dhatu of Janma. Huh? Janani, Janani Pradurbhave iti Ja. So Ja, Saroja means lotus. Guru Charana Saroja Raja. Raja means what? Dust. Raj, Braj we say, right? It's the dust. Nijamana Mukuru Sudhari, we sing in Hanuman Chalisa. By the dust of the lotus feet of the spiritual master, my heart gets cleansed. And similarly, Sri Guru Charana Padma, Kevala Bhakati Sadma. His lotus feet of the spiritual master is the reservoir of bhakti. So, Bandho Mui Savadhana. So, Bandho means Bandho. I am playing obeisances. How should I pay obeisances? Savadhan. Very carefully I have to. Savadhana mate. Mate means mate. Very carefully and consciously I have to pay obeisances to this lotus feet of the spiritual master. Why? Because he is the reservoir of bhakti. 
he gives us kevala bhakti sadma he is a abode of bhakti you see and that is what all our guru parampara is about that guru comes us to give what what bhakti in our parampara he comes to give us prema bhakti he comes to give us prema bhakti and uh, that is why lotus feet of the spirit why is it called as lotus feet why is it called as lotus krishna also has lotus feet isn't it uh, pankaj we say pada pankaj uh, guru also has a lotus feet why do we say he is the lotus feet of krishna but why lotus again again similarly guru especially a vaishnava guru does not belong to this world he is not a mundane conditioned jiva like the like us he doesn't get conditioned by the three modes like the conditioned jivas he is always he will be in the material world and still he is unconditioned therefore his his feet is lotus feet ha huh? therefore we take the shelter of his lotus feet that is why he is called as lotus feet and anyone if you see the lotus lotus flower is in the water but the water cannot wet the lotus flower you seen that the lotus flower is always dry even though it's in the water so if somebody takes the shelter of the lotus feet means what let's say if there is a bee which sits inside the lotus flower does it get wet it doesn't so therefore lotus flower is a shelter for the bee from the water in the same way this water of material existence one can be saved if we take the shelter of the lotus feet of the spiritual master therefore that's why everything is compared to the lotus feet and lotus is very fragrant ha huh? and lotus flower blossoms in sunrise and closes in sunset you see so therefore uh, lotus we have to take the shelter yanisha sarvabhutanam so we have to take the shelter of the lotus feet of the spiritual master and he will tell us when to be awake to what things to be awake for and when we have to close our eyes huh? we have to close our eyes for adharma or things like that so therefore that is why uh, the shastras compare the lotus feet of the spiritual uh, master in fact the acharyas say what is the purpose of our sadhana why are we doing sadhana why are we doing japa bhakti why do we do all of this okay why do we do it ha huh? krishna prema now think about it we are so conditioned do we think that my sadhana can please krishna that, that i am so nice that my sadhana krishna oh my god who is this person chanting so nicely do you think a conditioned jiva can attract krishna like that acharya say our whole purpose of sadhana is just just to please the spiritual master that's all our sadhana's purpose is so that guru gets pleased when the guru gets pleased what will you do yasya prasadat bhagavat prasado he will give because he is the abode of bhakti so therefore there are two things the object of love the abode of love what is the object of love what is the object of love krishna is it not so krishna is always there in whom in the abode of love which is the spiritual master ha huh? they are called as ashraya tatva ha huh? ashraya tatva and vastu tatva vastu tatva is krishna we all want to become servants of krishna but to get krishna we have to take shelter of whom from the ashraya tatva which is guru so guru ke andar baithe hain krishna the krishna is inside because he is the abode of bhakti because we just now saying kevala bhakti sadma sadma means abode so therefore if we take the ashray of guru he will give us krishna bhakti so therefore the whole purpose of sadhana is to please the guru if guru only gets pleased then krishna gets pleased i cannot overrule guru i cannot think that i will please krishna directly 
I have to please the spiritual master. Yasya prasadat. So, uh, why? Because he is always nikunjayo no constantly in his heart, pastimes of Radha and Krishna, and he's arranging for the pastimes. So, spiritual master, why is he? Abode means what? It's a house. Tumhare hridoye sada govinda vishram. Tumhare hridoye sada govinda vishram. The spiritual master always carries Krishna in their heart. So therefore, therefore, we take shelter of that spiritual master who carries Krishna in their heart. Therefore, uh, the, f- the four, uh, when, we t- when we talk about 64 angas of bhakti, as, we, as the preachers were discussing in the last sessions, Guru Padashraya, that is the first step. Huh? Um, second step is Krishna Dikshadi uh, Sikshanam, and then the third is Vishram Bhaina Guru Seva. So therefore, one has to do Seva of the Guru. Seva, how do we do Seva of the Guru? Correct. So follow his instructions. So following instructions of the spiritual master is very important. Um, I'll tell you an episode. I was I was there in Mayapur recently. One of the sannyasi was saying, uh, "It is written in the shastras. Whenever you see the spiritual master, you have to pay obeisances." So he was paying obeisances to his spiritual master. But then you know, the problem of conditioned jiva is logic takes over uh, apparent. You know, logic takes over uh, reality. What you see is not reality. We all are logical in thoughts, you know. So he thought, I have paid obeisances to my guru in the morning. Why I have to? So he is going and coming inside, the, inside and outside of the room of the spiritual master. So he's thinking, do I have to pay obeisances every time I enter? I'm entering and leaving about 20, 30 times a day. Mm, let's be practical. Let's be logical. I'll pay once in the morning and once in the end. So his mind was thinking like that. So he stopped paying obeisances. So one or two days later, the spiritual master called him and the spiritual master said, "Um, you see, disciples these days have become uh, very disrespectful to the spiritual master. Till then, this he was also a sannyasi. I'm talking of a disciple who is also a sannyasi. The sannyasi thought, oh, maybe somebody has done some offense to Guru Maharaj. He says, Guru Maharaj, what is the problem? He says, disciples come to my room, but they don't pay obeisances to me. Immediately, the Sanyasi Maharaj understood that it is actually talking about me. So that means, sometimes logic takes the better of us. In devotion, logic has no place to play. Tarka. This is, this is there in the Shastras. People talk about logic. Most of the Buddhists base their logic on logic only. Tarka. Tarka means logic. So things cannot be understood by logic. These devotion, devotion to spiritual master cannot be understood by logic. Yes, if the spiritual master says, now you don't pay obeisances hereafter for today, then that is okay. But a disciple should continue to pay obeisances to the spiritual master or a guru or a brahmana as much as possible. Because every time we pay obeisances, we get benefited. It's our own benefit. Someone might think, now somebody is going to the gym to do push-ups. It's better you pay obeisances to the senior acharyas. That's also even better for your health from a physical health also, you see. Dandavats. So that is why we have to pay obeisances to the spiritual master. And in this case, what happened is, uh, when Indra Deva did Guru Avahelna, when he um, did not, when he disrespected his spiritual master, he did not uh, come and receive the spiritual master, the spiritual master was very displeased. 
Narutam Das Thakur says this, Haristhane aparadhe tare harinam tomasthane aparadhe nahi paritran If we offend Krishna, if we offend Krishna, tare harinam, Harinam can deliver us. Krishna doesn't mind. If you chant the holy name of the Lord, that offense is excused. Even offense to Krishna. Tomastane. Huh? If somebody offends a spiritual master, then everything is destroyed. So that is what is happening to Indra, that he lost everything. He lost all his opulence and he was badly defeated by the Asuras. So, so that is what uh, we see in this example. So therefore, it is very important for us to always be respectful to senior Vaishnavas, to anyone who we see or respect, uh, pay obeisances. When we pay obeisances, it should not be just physical. Savadhane. It has to be consciously uh, paid obeisances, that I am really paying obeisances and I am actually lower. One should feel lower and that is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave us in the third stanza of Sikshashtakam. These are the only teachings of uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that he has left us. And among that he says, Trinadapi Suni Chena. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu guides us like this. In fact, we see by the demeanor of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself that he never. In fact, um, I was reading the glorious uh, life of Narottam Das Thakur. We will see how he was crying for his spiritual master, to see his spiritual master. Huh? Uh, he says, uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur also writes, Jogyata vichare kichunahi pai. Tumhara karuna sara. Uh, Acharya says, actually, whatever I am today, it is only your bhiksha. I don't have any qualification to do anything. It is only your bhiksha. Karuna na hoile kandiya kandiya. If you don't give me mercy, I can only cry, cry, cry. So like that, when I was reading the glorious life of Narutam Das Thakur, he was crying to see his spiritual master, Loknath Maharaj. He was crying. Loknath Goswami, he cried all the way from Bengal to Vrindavan. If you read, there is a beautiful book called as The Glorious Life of Srila Narottam Das Thakur. Uh, grab the book before it runs out of print, uh, written by uh, Her Grace Shitala Mataji. It's a wonderful book to read and everybody must have a copy of that book. And in that, Mataji explains how, how uh, um, penchant he was to get, to seek the mercy of the spiritual master. Even though Narottam Das Thakur actually had received prema directly from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. If you read the book, you will come to know that he got prema directly, which was left by Gauranga Mahaprabhu. Still, he followed the instructions and he wanted to seek the instructions from his spiritual master. And we all know what he was doing. His spiritual master did not want to initiate him. He said, I don't want to accept any disciples because he had taken a vow that I will not make any disciples because he was thinking I am lower than a grass. What disciples can I make? That was the mood of the spiritual master. So, <clears throat> therefore, we see this mood in, in our sampradaya. Huh? And uh, if you see, where is this mood coming from? Ultimately, our acharyas take the mood from where? Our Acharyas take the mood from the ultimate servant of Krishna. Who is it? Radharani. So therefore that is why all our Acharyas are servants or servitors of Radharani. And they come to give us this Bhakti, this Krishna Bhakti. That is why Krishna Prema can be given by Radharani, not by Krishna. 
you see so therefore we are the servants of gopi pada kamalaya bhartu dasa dasa dasanu dasa so we are in the servants of gopis not even radharani the gopis who serve the ashtasakis like that and then the spiritual master who serves the gopis so uh therefore it is very important for a practitioner to meditate i'll just summarize <clears throat> these episodes in bhagavatam teaches that the significance of respect to a spiritual master especially uh, if we have taken dikshadi and our acharyas also teaches uh, i'll tell you one more episode and then i'll stop omnipresence is guru omnipresent yes and no in one sense of course krishna is the only one who is omnipresent omnipresent means he is everywhere but guru exists everywhere in terms of perception how we perceive <clears throat> an example uh, sarvasthi hakur gives an example where he says the gopis in the rasasthali when krishna became adrishya when krishna became uh, you know uh, when he disappeared what did the gopis do they did not search krishna by their own might that's what thakur ji says they did not search krishna by their own might they were asking the jackfruit trees they were asking the kadamba trees have you seen krishna so they were seeing guru in the trees also so seeking krishna means not that i go and seek krishna on my own might my own sadhana no it is only because of yasya prasadat only krishna so they were seeing the perception of guru or omnipresence of the guru even in the trees so that is what the gopis teaches so therefore uh as sadhakas we should be able to perceive the spiritual master in every vaishnava around us uh, what to talk of trees and uh, you know in, even in bhagavatam we will see they will talk of 21 gurus later huh? so like that we one has to perceive the instructions of the guru in each and everything one should one should be reminded of the guru every time i'll tell you one small episode um there was one sanyasi disciple serving his spiritual master in vrindavan <coughs> it was a very austere setting the guru sleeps on a cot and rest all of them sleep on the floor using you know uh, you know the straw mat usko kya bolte hain i don't know boria we say uh, chatai uh, so a, a devotee from melbourne visited and uh, he said uh, and th- th- those who were sleeping down there were sanyasis also there were sanyasis they were all old in fact they were at least 55 plus they were disciples of this maharaj uh, sanyasi maharaj so this uh, devotee from melbourne says maharaj um, i have a room in mvt <laughs> so please you come there and rest you know he proposed uh, then uh, no no he said uh, so much austerity you should uh, sleep on a cot can i arrange some nice bed or something then the disciple sanyasi said when my guru maharaj is sleeping on a cot do you want me to disrespect him and sleep in comfort what have you understood what it means to be a disciple you want me to be comfortable in front of my guru so he was talking like that you know sometimes when we hear when we hear like this it's difficult to comprehend so he said uh, maharaj then you, then can i propose something and he was very humble to ask he said mvt is just 5 minutes from here so i will pick you up and drop you every night maharaj please you come you can sleep in our room there is a little bit facility and i'll drop you back he got chastisement from that sanyasi disciple he said how fool are you are you thinking my guru maharaj will not be there in your mvt so you are saying i should take comfort when my guru maharaj is not around so you are telling me that i should think that my guru maharaj is not seeing me when i am being very comfortable in in your room 
So you have not understood what Guru means. So he got heavy chastisement. So this devotee was sharing with me that this omnipresence of Guru concept I did not understand at all, Prabhuji. After meeting this sannyasi, I came to know that one has to feel the presence of the Guru all the time at all times, places and circumstances. Even when he is there, when he is not there. Here in case of Indra, he disrespected when he was here. But our Acharya says you should not be disrespectful even when he is not physically present. So can you even imagine the instruction and the, the depth of that instruction and that is there for our own benefit? So I'll just summarize. So, so it's very important that one must take uh, the spiritual master very seriously. Not only the spiritual master, but a Brahmana, a Vaishnava, but anyone who is giving us Krishna Bhakti, anyone who is helping us to proceed towards Krishna, one has to be always uh, humbler than a blade of grass, genuinely, and then uh, seek their blessings. Because life is very short and we have to make the most out of it. Uh, so the more blessings we get, the, uh, the better. And these episodes teach us a wonderful lesson. Um, even though if we make mistakes, we have to be apologetic, we have to... Um, Ask excuse if we have unknowingly done. So therefore, that is why Acharya say, every day we take darshan of the deities and Prabhupada, we have to pray, please excuse my apacharas, whether I have offended Krishna, Vaishnavas or Bhagavatas, or unknowingly I have committed an offences, please excuse me. So these excuses, we have to always pray and seek excuses. That's what we do when we do Vancha Kalpatarubhyasa. With this, I will stop here. Um, if there are any questions or comments or corrections, we can discuss for a while. I donated, I think. Yeah, so generally when they classify the three modes, these are the three modes which are classified. That fire, earth and uh, water. Air and space, air and ether, akashad vayuhu, vayor agnihi. So vayu comes before uh, agni. So vayu, they say, in one sense, vayu is superior or it is uh, superior to mode of goodness in one sense. But this is just a notional understanding for us to understand that, yes, there are three elements and even they can be classified in, in the three modes. What does Vayu and Ether get classified? I am not sure, Prabhuji. <laughs> but sometimes, um, transcendental knowledge is compared to the sky. Omnipresence of knowledge, omnipresence of the Lord is compared to air, because air is present everywhere. Air as in not the atmospheric air, but air as in Vayu. Uh, there is air outside in space also. So air doesn't mean the air we breathe. Air means vayu in in a um, abstract sense. So so the elements are compared for in a notional sense. Whether it's really mode of goodness or not, I'm not sure. But agni yes, mode of goodness because it purifies anything that you put in it. So from that perspective, it is mode of goodness. Therefore, uh, if you do yagya, we do all oblations into agni. Because Agni also is the tongue of the Lord. So the tongue, uh, the Lord accepts everything and converts it into ashes. So from that notional perspective, it is compared. Hope I've answered your question, Prabhuji. Yes, uh, Savia.
Yes. Uh, can you can you repeat that question again? The teachers get salary. Yeah. yeah. ISKCON, um, no, are you being charged uh, some fee for coming to Bhagavatam class? <laughs> Please tell me otherwise. <laughs> okay, so Bhakti Shastri, uh, the teachers do not teach for salary. I don't teach Bhakti Shastri and take salary for it. But yes, the fees is there, the fees goes to Radhavalam, as if you're putting money into the hundi. So it's going to the temple. Does it make, is that the question? Is that the question you're asking? Bhakti Shastri? In? Gurukul? Oh yes, okay. Uh, in Gurukul they are paid salaries. Yes, but those salaries, what is the, what, what does a Brahmana do from a salary? If, if in case if he's paid a salary, what does he do? He uses is in Shama, Dhamma, Tapa, Saucham, Kshanti, Rajavam. He is engaging it in Shama, Dhamma, Tapa, in austerities. So, you see how a Brahmana lives, he lives a very simple life, austere life, uh, like that. So, he doesn't, uh, austerity in deed and austerity in thought also. So, they don't use it to live a very opulent life. They live, they live according to the Shastras and use that money in Bhakti. So, that is allowed. That is allowed. In, because in modern days, the concept of donation is not there. Because people are so, educational system has dropped out. They do not know what to donate, how to donate, whom to donate, when to donate. So therefore, there is a system in our gurukuls where the teachers can be paid some salary. But there are, uh, if you see the teachers, they live, they, they practically lead their life like a per perfect brahmana. So therefore, you can consider that salary as a part of donation only because in one sense they have given their life to teach uh, Krishna Bhakti in, the, in our Gurukuls. So therefore, that is allowable in a, in a, in a good sense, if you, if you know what I mean. Does it answer your question? Indra, sorry, say. Okay, what was the disrespect he did? It was a very simple disrespect. Uh, we had, um, if you hear yesterday's class, Anirudh Prabhu was uh, explaining that to us, that when the spiritual master came in, Indra was engrossed in watching the nritya in the, in the assembly. He's a king. So in his kingly affairs, his entertainment, everything was going on. When the spiritual master comes, how do we receive a spiritual master? We know how we receive senior Vaishnavas when they arrive, you see, we garland them, welcome them. Even if a guest comes, we do that. What to talk of spiritual master? When a guest comes, we invite them, ask them to take a seat, kariye. we give them a glass of water. So this is the general etiquette. If we have not practiced it with guests, we will never do it with the spiritual master. You know what I mean? If this culture is not practiced in-house with everything, that is why I remember one uh, senior Mataji was saying, we need to train children to do this in temples also. When you see one very old lady, one old lady was here. So one of us should have given her a chair. We should have seen that she was comfortable. You see, this etiquette is very important for us to nurture. If we don't nurture that culture, then it is very easy that we'll offend a senior Vaishnava when he comes. So we should be observant, ki koi vridha, some old person is coming or some senior is coming. Let, let us make them comfortable. He, he did not get up and receive the spiritual master. He saw the spiritual master and he continued his enjoyment. <laughs> 
So he thought, uh, anyways, he's, I see him every day. He'll come and sit in his place. So that is what disrespect. And it was a very big disrespect, um, which he did. It was a very big. Why? Because when a normal person disrespects, it's not considered to be big. But he was the emperor. He was the king. So therefore, it becomes multiple. Uh, it's a massive disrespect because he is setting an example to his followers. So therefore, he has to, like any Bhakti Vriksha leader or any mentor, if he is disrespecting some senior Vaishnavas, then he is not setting a good example. So therefore, uh, the offense is much bigger. Uh, so he has more responsibility on his shoulders. So therefore, that is why he has to go through all of this. And of course, he is not a bad person, as we know. He is already repenting for it. For whatever reason, he has gone into mode of passion. But it is for us to learn that it can happen to anyone. And we have to be very cautious. That is why if you see, when Brahmadev starts creating, the first thing he asks is, save me from mode of passion. He asks, please promise me that I won't fall into mode of passion. Because Brahmadev knows, mode of passion, once it comes, then it envelops and it will put us in avidya, ignorance. And then quickly we will get on to all of these offenses and mistakes. Does that make sense, Prabhuji? Thank you. So we'll stop here. Grantraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Anantakoti Vaishnava Vrindi ki jai, Nitai Gaur Pimanandi.